really great to be here. Um, it's been really good to be involved in, uh, in the EDGE network and it fits in with the kind of area that we're in, Hucknall, which is an old mining town which is kind of swamped up in Nottingham now. Uh, very needy place. I'm looking forward to plugging in more to that and being able to give more to that. It's been good to get to know Andy as well. I described Andy to, to my colleague as kind by name, kind by nature. But it's been Yeah, that wasn't related, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, am I, am I right? Is it gone off? I might, I might have to have a. Is it? Am I back on? I am good. Right, that's good. <laughs> but it's 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 a real privilege to be here, and I know there's some old friends here. Look look forward to catching up with you and some new friends. Okay, thanks, and some new friends. So uh, we're not in any rush. Uh, we can't go till Andrew goes, so we'll be hanging around and be great to chat. Well, it's a really interesting coming here because um, for years and years, Andrew and his brother Matthew used to complain that whatever church they went to, uh, people would say, oh, you're Simon's dad. Uh, and Sorry, <laughs> I got that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I, wa I watched too much Star Trek, you know, where the timelines are. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they say, oh, you're, you're, you're Simon's son. Uh, but nowadays, actually, whenever I meet anyone in Chesterfield, I, like, I, I was in contact with Rich recently, um, and I've seen some other people in uh, various places, and they say, ah, you must be Andy's dad. So it, it's quite interesting the way everything's kind of turned around now, and it's nice to be Andy's dad, it's nice to be Matthew's dad, and, and, uh, and have all those lovely grandchildren. Uh, but I've been in touch with some really old friends from school recently, uh, and the interesting thing is, what I've discovered is, I was also known not just as Simon, but as Nikki's brother. Now, my sister is, well, I wouldn't know it particularly because she's my sister, but I'm told she's a very attractive lady. And when she was a teenager, I mean, boys were just like zooming around her. You know, she was really sport for choice. And she married this sort of handsome raw marine in the end. Uh, and she's, she's great, my sister. But it's interesting, whenever I get in touch with my old friends, they say, how's your sister? And I went down to Southend, and me and my sister Nikki, we went to a, a gig together, went to see Steve Hackett, one of the greatest guitarists in the world, anyone agree? Went to see him in Southend, uh, and my friends were really keen to meet up with me there, not to see me, but to see my sister. Uh, well, that's, that's what it seemed. But she's great, but she's everything I'm not really. She's intelligent, she's tidy, in fact, she is obsessively tidy. We stayed with her. Uh, and I, I took my shoes off and she said, in there with your shoes. She's turning into a mum. Uh, and I took my coat off and she said, in the cupboard with your coat. Uh, I, it was like, wow, you know, what's happened to you? And she's incredibly organised. In fact, she's just taken early retirement and I think she ended up as something like the Director of Community Nursing in South East Essex and just could organise anyone and everything. And when you go around to her house, she lives in this big house full of grandchildren. There's always loads of grandchildren there. I don't know where they all come from. I think she must get some from other people. And here she's got grandchildren in each arm and she's cooking and, uh, and, and driving. Not at the same time. But everything's just incredibly organised. And of course, this Christmas, she's got a house full of adults and children and she's planning everything. Everything down to the last detail. And Christmas does take some planning, doesn't it? Well, this morning, we're going to think about the Christmas plan. And it's a bit of a mashup with those two passages that, that were read to us a moment ago. Luke 1, 26 to 38, and Matthew 1, 18 to 24. Because they, they actually 
dovetail in really beautifully. Matthew, as you, you may know, gives us it from the angle of Joseph because Joseph came from the line of David and Jesus, as promised in the Old Testament, is David's greatest son. That's why you have that genealogy uh, that, that comes through the line of David to show us that. Luke has the emphasis on Mary uh, to show us Jesus, the man who was born of a virgin. And if you look at the genealogy in Luke, it goes right back to Adam to show us actually Jesus, as well as being fully God, was fully man. And so they come together beautifully. And we're going to think about how the first Christmas plan hit the ground. And actually, it hit the ground with a bit of a thud. We know the story so well. We've heard it told. We've seen it in nativities. But I want you to imagine that you're coming across it for the first time. What do you see about God's plan? Well, the first thing we see is that God's plan is shocking. And this, this bit is going to take us the longest. We know it so well, but actually for everyone involved, it was an incredible shock. Matthew uh, uh, 1 verse 18 says, sorry, Luke 1 verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now that just took a few seconds to read. We've heard it read at carol service after carol service after carol service. But there is loads of drama packed up in that and heaps of stress. You think you've got a stressful Christmas. This beats any kind of stress at Christmas. And I'm going to look at it through the eyes of two people. Firstly, of course, Mary, who this speaks about here. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, would have been quite a young girl, probably in her mid to late teens, because they were married at that kind of age, considered adults at 13, and then would be married 14, 15. And she was pledged to be married to Joseph, who was a carpenter. Uh, and in those days, an engagement was like the first stage of marriage. You would be betrothed, there would be some kind of ceremony, and you were legally bound. But the husband and wife, or husband and wife-to-be, wouldn't sleep together until the actual wedding ceremony, which would be some time later. So it was in kind of two phases. Um, Matthew makes it very clear that this is the stage that Mary and Joseph were at. He says it was before they came together, which means she was still a virgin. In fact, it, the original language literally says before they were intimate, before they had physical union. Uh, this is an incredibly concise description of a miracle that took place here. He says, Mary was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. This is nothing ordinary, says Matthew. This is amazing. This is a miracle that God is bringing about. And we'll think a little bit more about the miracle later on. Now, when we go to Luke's gospel, we see he fills in the extra details for us. He tells us that Mary had a visit from the angel Gabriel. Now, Gabriel was a, was a big player. You know, we had a, a, an old friend, in fact, he's an old friend of, of Andrew's. Uh, he was at a course at Cliff College, and he'd come over to Andrew's to visit, and I was there. Uh, and I said, oh, who was teaching? He said the different teachers, and he said, we had a legend as well. And I said, oh, who was that? He said, the legend that is Carl Beach, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, actually, when, when I was Carl's pastor, I don't know if anyone knows Deborah Green. Does anyone know Deborah Green from Redeeming Our Communities? But Deborah used to introduce me, and she said, this is Simon. Carl Beach is in his church, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so imagine uh, 
Gabriel is kind of that kind of big name. If you look in the Bible, you don't see many angels actually named. Michael is one. Gabriel is another. Gabriel is mentioned in the book of Daniel. He's a big player. Don't know too much about him. Don't know too much about the kind of hierarchy of angels. But we do know that God sends this angel, this messenger, because that's what angel means, this heavenly being who'd come to bring God's message because it was so important, so significant. And so Luke tells us in verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. And the meaning of that word greetings is, is not just hello, but it's kind of rejoice, this is good news. Now as you can see from uh, the way I'm standing here, I've just had a visit to A&E uh, in, in Nottingham at, at uh, Queen's Medical Centre. Uh, and being quite, quite naive, I, I went in and, and, and I said what was wrong and I'd been sent there. And she said, well sit there and the nurse practitioner will see you. So I said, have I got time to have a cup of tea? <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah, about four hours probably. Uh, <laughs> and you, know, you, you, you can't listen to music because you have to wait for someone to come out and call your name. So I'm sitting there, name after name after name after name. And then uh, this nice lady came out and said, Simon Robinson, I've, I've never been so glad to hear my name. And, and she said, hello. And I, it, was, it was the best hello I've ever had because it didn't just mean, hello, how are you? It meant, hello, I'm here to sort you out. Uh, and it, was, it meant so much. And this is the kind of meaning of this word here, that the angel Gabriel says, greetings. I've come to bring great news, wonderful news, amazing news. Well, actually, initially, it didn't really seem so good because her life was about to be turned upside down. And he says that she is highly favoured and the Lord is with her. Uh, and that word highly favoured means that she's endued with grace. Now, grace means favour. Favour that God gives us, favour that we don't deserve. God has given you favour. You don't deserve it. It's not because of you, but it's because God has a big plan and he's chosen you. Now, Mary had an inkling that a bombshell was about to be dropped on her. And she says in verse 29, uh, she was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You know what it's like when someone is really nice to you and you think, What's up? What's going on? Now, I don't know, if, is Janet here or is she out with the... With the I can oh, you are here. I better be careful what I say. But I used to work with Janet. Janet used to be our administrator. And if I'd come into the office and I'd say to Janet, Janet, you do look nice today. Janet, I am really pleased at what you're doing. Janet, you're doing such a fantastic job. Uh, which she, all of which are true, of course, I should say. Uh, usually, Janet would look at me and say, okay, what do you want? Yeah. You know, she knew there was something ready to come, and, and that's the same with Mary here. And Gabriel knows this. He's God's messenger. You know, he knows what's going on inside her, and so he reassures her. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. It's amazing. The first thing he does is settle her fears. And it must be a bit disconcerting, just going about your everyday business, and an angel walks in doesn't happen to me every day. hasn't happened to me at all. If it's happened to you, do tell me. must have been pretty terrifying. Although, you know, forget the pictures of angels with wings. It's, if you look in the Bible, cherubim have wings. Angels don't. They're heavenly messengers. We don't really know exactly what they look like, but it would have been a messenger from heaven. Don't worry. This is about God. God has given you grace. And then he broke the news. Verse 31. You will be with child... And he will give birth to, uh, you, you will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob for his, forever. His kingdom will never end. Now let's just think about what he was saying about Jesus here. He said that Jesus was the Son of the Most High. Mary was a Jewish girl. She would have known her scriptures. She would have listened to them, be read to her every Saturday at the synagogue. Her mother would have told her about the scriptures. And God was praised as the Most High in the Old Testament. It meant he was above all. He ruled. He was sovereign. Jesus is son of this sovereign God. Come to fulfill God's plan. And he was taking the throne of David. That would have rung some bells. David was the great king. And the prophets promised that there was going to be a greater son coming from David's line. He was going to sit on his throne forever. And that's what he went on to say. He will reign forever. And of course, we know that Jesus came, died and rose again and continues that reign now and will do forever. This was amazing, earth-shattering news. But of course, it turned Mary's life upside down. And the first thing, of course, she couldn't quite work out was how it was going to happen. She was a virgin. She wasn't married to Joseph yet. That wasn't going to happen for a little while. How was she going to have this child? And she said, well, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. And this is what the angel told her. Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One will be born and called the Son of God. In other words, a miracle was going to take place. The Most High, the God who ruled over all, was going to come upon her. And as, as we read in Matthew, the Holy Spirit was going to create, uh, was going to work within her. And from Mary's substance, the Holy Spirit created a body that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, took. So he was truly God and truly man. Now that's difficult to kind of get your head around really. Jesus is God, Jesus is man, but Jesus is one person. And you know, I, if I could fully understand that, I'd be a bit worried because God is greater than me. I, I can't understand everything about God because he, he's God. But I do know there's a miracle here. Something amazing has happened. Illustrations don't always help that well. This has helped me, it might not help you, but do you know those lava lamps, have you seen those? Um, but I always find they, they help me kind of understand the incarnation, that Jesus becoming man. Uh, because you've got, uh, you've got two kind of different, different uh, elements there. They're both together, they're both separate, but they're both in one lamp. Jesus, fully God, the eternal Son of God, who took a human body to himself that the Holy Spirit created, and is one person, and now lives and reigns forever. That's amazing. That blows my mind. That's God's plan. And that's the only way that he could save us, for his son to become truly one of us without sin and die for our sin. Well, Matthew picks up the events a bit later. He tells us that Mary had already found this out and the shock had begun to set in. But her problems aren't over. The first one came in the form of Joseph. Matthew 1 verse 19 says, because Joseph, her husband, and remember husband there, it was the first stage of marriage. He was betrothed, but not fully married to her. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. 
He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Again, one little verse that's absolutely packed full of drama. Joseph thought the worst of Mary. Well, why shouldn't he? He was a righteous man, we read. You know, he wanted to live a good life, a life that honoured God. Uh, and there was no way that he would have slept with his wife before the wedding day. So as far as he was concerned, Mary must have been with another man. And, and this story of a virgin birth, well, <laughs> that was a cover-up. How could it be? Now, I'm really dating myself here, but does anyone remember Adrian Snell? Uh, a musician from the... I must be really... Oh, one or two people. When I said I must be really old, I didn't mean to look at you like that. <laughs> Adrian Stell was a great musician in, in, in the 70s and 80s. He wrote a musical called... Um, uh, I can't think what it was called now. Uh, the, the Visit or something, but it was about Mary. It focused on Mary and the incarnation. And the song that Joseph sings when he finds out is fantastic. Joseph says, uh, Oh, of course, born of a, a virgin having a baby happens every day, doesn't it? And that really struck me. It got, it got like the indignity Joseph must have felt. What do you think you're saying? You know, when, when you try and tell someone something and it, it, it doesn't quite ring true. Um, I don't think this has got to do with the virgin birth. But, well, it'll tie together in a moment. But I was without youth worker visiting someone in Bullwell in Nottingham. And has anyone ever been to Bullwell? Yeah. And you survived. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bullwell is notorious, notorious for sort of crime and things. And we've been visiting someone and... We were just driving down the road, and um, there was a car like right in the middle of the road blocking it. And uh, Liam, our youth worker, said, that guy has got a gun. And there's this guy saying, go away! And he had a gun there. And so um, uh, we, I, I, I backed, backed away, then we saw loads of other guys with guns, and they were actually armed police officers raiding the house. Happens every day in Bullwell, you see. And so I just went back as fast as I could, and of course, as I did so, I veered to the left, hit a parked car, wrote it off, left a note, did all the right things, <coughs> rang up the insurance company and they said, uh, would you like to tell us what happened? So I said, um, yes, well, you know, I was trying to explain what happened, you know, that I got caught in an armed police raid. And she didn't sound very convinced. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, you, you could just say, well, pff, yeah, well, we've heard all sorts of things before. You know, it's better than the giraffe one. But that, that's kind of how Joseph must have felt. <laughs> Born of a virgin, well, that's a new one to me. <laughs> you're a virgin and, 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 you're, and you're having a baby... <laughs> Can't be so. Poor Mary, just think about the stress that would have brought. But this was God's plan. And that's the fact with God's plan is that it doesn't take away stress and problems and difficulties. And getting away from the big picture, I just want to home into our lives. You, know, you may be going through real turmoil at the moment and thinking, where is God in all of this? God's working out his purposes. Sometimes his plan is shocking and he takes us through a very circuitous way to get where he wants us to be. I'm, I'm really happy where I am. I'm really blessed. I love the church I'm in. But it was a very interesting route that I took there. Some of you can, can tell the backstory to it. But um, it, it took several years to, so in between ministry, when I left Walton and I had a few years, sort of, a couple of years doing all sorts of other things, but really wanting to get into ministry. No doors open. Uh, and I, I went for a job that I really wanted. I had my heart set on it. Uh, did the interview and got the phone call back a week later. Uh, and it was one of those frustrating phone calls where they say, you know, we've been really praying about this. We thought both of you were really good. And I thought, here it comes. But we really feel God wants the other person. And I thought, go back and check with God, will you? No, but I didn't say that. 
I was just, I was devastated. And, and, and I, I sent this really negative email to the guy who'd been my supervisor for my MA dissertation. He said, oh, if I had a pound for every time someone said, God has got something better, I'd be a millionaire by now. And he said, don't worry, we'll pray for you in the prayer meeting, the staff prayer meeting. Now, in that prayer meeting uh, was a member of staff uh, who was also a member of the church I'm at. And he said, I know Simon. Yeah, and I've, I've been to Walton a few times when I was at Cliff College teaching there. He said, get him to get in touch with me because we're looking for a minister. Well, uh, it didn't take me, I think within uh, three months, I'd got the call there to be the minister there. And it's a real sense, of, this is where God wants me. But I tell you, looking at the route, you know, I wish you'd have had a more straightforward route, you know. Rather like the tom-tom that takes you sort of around all the different areas. But, but God has his plan, but it's not always easy for us. You look at the Christmas plan. You look at the route he took. So God's plan is shocking. And as I said, that's, that's the longest point. And secondly, God's purposes are, are revealed. So here's Joseph. He's in a bit of a crisis. His wife-to-be has told him that she's expecting a child, that it's come from the Holy Spirit, he doesn't believe it. He wants to break the engagement off. And being a pretty good bloke, he doesn't want to make a public spectacle of her. And at that point, God breaks him. He speaks to him in a dream. And he does two things. He reassures him. Joseph, son of David, and you've got this again here, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. There's going to be a lot of stigma to take someone as your wife when she's already pregnant. Notice that he says to him, son of David, reminding him of that royal line that Jesus is going to be born from. And then, secondly, he reveals his plan. He tells her that what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit, and that she will give birth to a son, and he will call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, as you probably know, means the Lord is salvation. Uh, and the word salvation means to be rescued from something that you cannot rescue yourself from. Now, I, I did promise I wasn't going to embarrass Andrew, and this won't embarrass him, actually, but um, uh, me and Andrew are into music. In fact, we were at a gig once, and this fella said, Bombay Bicycle Club it was, and this, this young bloke said, it's good to have old blokes like, he didn't say old blokes, that's what he meant, good to have blokes like you here. And I said, do you mean uh, old blokes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said to Andrew, I expect you keep your dad up to date. And he said, actually, I think my dad keeps me up to date. So we, we went to see Muse at Wembley, um, and uh, we, we went right down the front. I, I like being down the front to see all the action. And Matthew, my other son, warned us. He said, you will get crushed if you go down there. No, 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 I'm all right. I've been going to gigs before you were born. And, um, anyway, we, we sat hours and hours through all the other stuff, and when Muse came on, there was this surge to the front, and we were just like... <gasps> Just trying to sort of keep going. Everyone was mushy, and I'm a bit too old for the mush pit. Um, and in the end, this, this girl who was near us saw that I was quite distressed, this poor old bloke distressed, and she said, just wave, just wave, and they'll get you out. And there was these really good security people, and you just wave, and they, and they lift you out. It's quite, it's, it's quite, and then for a minute, you're actually on the stage with Muse, and then they kick you off, you know. But <laughs> it's, it's worth it for that minute. But... Uh, but that's, that's the meaning of salvation there, that you know, I couldn't have got myself out of that. I couldn't have pushed through the crowd. It was just too dense. But someone reached down and lifted me up and steadied me up and got me out of there. Salvation. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to save his people from what? From their sins. 
Now, people have been really longing for salvation. They wanted to be rescued from the Romans. But the big problem is sin. It's that we're far from God, and that we need to be right with him. And Jesus came to rescue us by going to the cross and rising again and ascending to heaven. So that when we trust in him, we have new life, and we have that eternal future to look forward to. So God's plan is shocking. God's purposes are revealed. And then finally, God's promises are fulfilled. Matthew 1, 22 to 23 all this that took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's a promise that comes from Isaiah chapter 7. And Matthew's gospel is full of the Old Testament. It keeps saying, you know, this fulfills what the prophet said. This is the first time he said this. Uh, uh, he says, all this took place to fulfill what God God said through the prophet. It was God's word in action. And it was given in difficult times. But it meant that God would be with us. A virgin will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This woman giving birth to a child, this virgin giving birth to a true human, but he will be truly God was going to bring God into the world, God among us. And he's still among us because Jesus died for our sins, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sends his Holy Spirit so that we're never alone. There was an old monk uh, back in the 11th century, Bernard of Clairvaux. He said that Jesus comes three times. He comes at Bethlehem on the first Christmas. He'll return, but he also comes every day in the lives of believers. Yeah, we can say to people, Emmanuel, God is with us. How? Do you know how he's with us? Through you, through me. We carry his presence with us. That's quite a challenge this Christmas. Let's make sure that we radiate his presence, that we bring that presence of God among us. And maybe also this Christmas, you're feeling a bit lonely. Christmas, it, it can be a really sad time. Uh, you remember that old song by Mud? Yeah, it'll be lonely. I'm really dating myself. I'm ancient. Uh, it'll be lonely this Christmas without you. Uh, I often think about that and think how difficult it is for so many people. God with us. You know, remember that message of Christmas. No matter how lonely you are, God with us. You will never be alone. Just in closing, just a little bit of a testimony from what happened to me uh, uh, the other week, because um, I, I fell over. I got this is this is a Chesterfield injury. Okay, so I fell over in Market Square and just kind of carried on. I'm thinking, I'm okay, I'm okay. And eventually, I, I went to I went to get an X-ray and they sent me to A and E, um, and uh, discovered I'd broken my elbow. Um, and I hadn't sort of expected to be sent to the main hospital. I hadn't made any arrangements, and and I was just. Uh, to pass the time, I was talking to my, I've got a gig buddy group. I'm really sad. And we were talking. I said, oh, I'm in Q&A. Uh, Q, what, no, what is it? Q&A. <laughs> QMC. That's it. Yeah. Do you know what I did once? I was preaching in the open air once. And I was trying to be really emphatic. And I said, I want to tell you this. Since I've become a Christian, I have never, ever enjoyed myself. And I, Try getting out of that one. But the good news was the only person who was there was Jehovah's Witness, and he'd never enjoyed himself anyway, so that was all right. So where was I? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So anyway, I was there, and I, and I just I said, uh, uh, in, in Queens, um, 
and someone really kindly said, I'm on my way back from work. I'm going to come and get you and get you home. And that person wasn't a Christian, but God sent them. One thing I'd really encourage you to do, actually, is after your day, look back and think, where was God present in my day? It's a a lovely discipline to do because you you suddenly see, oh, he was there, he was there. And, you know, he uses us to bring God's presence to others. So there's only 10 days to go now. Lots of planning, lots to do. Well, not for me. I I still got any suggestions for a present for Hazel. Can you let me know? I'm still stuck. Records? No? No. Yeah, 10 days to go. Lots to do. Lots of planning, but let's not lose sight of the Christmas plan. What I'm going to do, I'm going to lead us in prayer. It's a prayer, actually, I read in the devotional app I was using today, and it just really sums up what I've been trying to say today. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you sent your Son to save us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are coming again in glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling our lives with your presence. May Jesus be present in us, through us, and among us this Christmas and beyond. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much.